The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, I've got some really exciting news. We are returning. We're back on the road with the Shaleen Show Live. In conjunction with my book launch party, I am taping a live episode of The Shaleen Show at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills on April 18th. Now that is a Thursday. Pod Squad, I would love to meet you. This is going to be really special. I mean, they're all really special because I get to meet you and you guys get to meet each other and they're fun and it's the ultimate girls night out. And fellas, if you were smart, you should come with your lady or you should come to find yourself the love of your life because I have the smartest, funnest, coolest, most amazing audience and I can't wait for you guys to meet each other. So grab your tickets now. You can find them by going to shaleenshowlive.com. General admission starts at $39 and I don't know if they'll be available at the time that you're listening to this, but we did make just a few special seats available for people who basically want to spend the day with me and Brett and the team. You'll go to lunch with us. You'll hang out backstage. We'll pop some champagne. You'll help me pick out my outfit. We'll have a good time. You'll meet the drag queen who happens to be emceeing the show. Like this is a once in a lifetime experience. Hey, don't wait. Go to shaleenshowlive.com and I will see you on Thursday, April 18th. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Yo, hey, what's going on? How are you? Now, are you caught up on all The Shalene Show episodes? By the way, now that I say that, every single freaking day, someone sends me a message on social media and they'll say, Shalene, you should do an episode on relationships. You should do an episode on kids. You should do an episode on confidence. You should do an episode on how to deal with setbacks. You should do an episode on toxic friendships. But see, here's the thing. I've probably already done that show. I've probably already done the show that you want to recommend that I do. So if there's a topic, if there's something that you're, is driving you crazy right now that you wish that I would talk about it, chances are I already have. So my recommendation is first, just do a search on whatever app that you're listening to this podcast on. Just do a search, like list the topic, any topic and Shalene Johnson. And with nearly 400 episodes, I'll just bet I've talked about it. Listen to that episode. And then after listening to it, if you're like, yeah, but there's still more I want to hear. Okay, then hit me up. Cool. All right. Today, we're talking about calories and some of the myths around exercise. Now you're in for a treat because this episode is actually one of the featured lessons inside the 131 Method online program. Now, many of you know that I've got a book that is soon to be released. If you haven't already picked it up, you should. I mean, why wouldn't you? You don't want to miss out on that $100 free bonus that you get when you pre-order the book. But either way, what I want to mention is that the book comes out on April 16th. And a lot of people have asked, okay, so what's the difference between the book and the online program? And just to briefly summarize, the online program is like in-depth, in-depth, in-depth. It's hundreds and hundreds of recipes. It is a week-by-week 
online virtual program. So, you know, it's more in depth. It's for that person who wants to go deeper. It's for that person who's like, yeah, I don't want just the facts. I want to understand the why, the how, the what, and it's support, right? So our online program is where our members have access to registered dietitians, a team of them, all of whom have a background in integrative health and a minimum of a master's degree. So these are not folks who have just done a weekend training in nutrition. This is what they live, breathe, and eat, no pun intended. And the online program is developed with their expertise. So many of them help me to pour through the research, to sort through the findings, and then prepare the lessons that our 131 members can either listen to, or they can read the transcript, or they can watch the video, depending on their preferred method of taking in the information. Anyways, the following is one of the lessons from the 131 method. So I wanted to share that with you. Number one, we've edited it down a little bit because there's just pieces that wouldn't make sense unless you're inside the program. But in general, I think this is the kind of information that you're going to find incredibly useful. Today, we'll bust open the myth that you need to move more and eat less. The problem with the advice, eat less, move more. I'm going to explain to you why one of the most popular held beliefs around weight loss is actually severely flawed. In fact, you'll finally understand why that message may be partly responsible for your own weight loss resistance. In fact, you will understand that weight loss isn't just about calories. If it were as simple as calories in versus calories out, don't you think we'd all have weight loss solved by now? If in fact that were simplistically true, all those times in the past when you actually did eat less and did exercise more would have worked. But every one of us has tried that weight loss approach. Cut way back on your calories and exercise more. Or maybe even on some occasions, it worked for you. But most often, and I bet most recently, it hasn't. Why? What gives or what's going on is that it's way more complicated than just calories. Weight loss isn't just about calories. It's about a lot of things, including nutrients, your body composition, your DNA, the type of exercise you perform, how much you exercise, your hormones, and the quality of your food. In fact, it has very little to do with calories. Suggesting that weight loss is as simple as calories in versus calories out is like suggesting that babies are made when a man loves a woman. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. Not only is weight loss more complicated than that, the concept of a calorie is actually flawed. Okay, this is going to blow your mind. So you know those numbers that you see on the back of all food packages, those calorie counts, the things that we've been ingrained to pay attention to since we were teenage girls. Have you ever wondered where that concept was created or how or when calories came into existence? Now, there is some controversy over which scientists originally should be credited with inventing calories. Many believe it was a French chemist by the name of Nicholas Clement, but that's kind of irrelevant. What you do need to know is that it was a term or a concept that was discovered in the 1800s, and it hasn't changed since. Okay, but here's how that calorie was measured or determined back in the 1800s. Okay, first of all, the 1800s, 
Is that fact alone shocking to you? Well, the calorie content of food was measured by burning it to ash. And since our metabolism is essentially the burning of fuel in food, this became the commonly accepted measure of how we evaluate food or the energy that's required to burn the food. Stated another way, it's less about how many calories are in a given piece of food and more about how much energy it takes or requires to burn that food to ash. Okay, now if you're following along, you've probably already thought to yourself, what? This doesn't even make sense. If not, allow me to point out some big problems with this. That means if I were to eat the same candy bar as my husband, Brett, I mean, does that even make sense that we would both need the same amount of energy to burn that food? I mean, does that make sense? So here's some very basic problems with the concept of a calorie. Almost every packaged food today features calorie counts on its label. Most of these counts are inaccurate because they're based on a system of averages, averages that ignore the complexity of our individuality, the individuality that each one of us has in terms of our digestion and metabolism. I don't know about you, but when I discovered this, I felt a little bit of relief because there was something about calorie counts that just, it never really made sense to me. When I realized that this concept was developed in the 1800s and that it doesn't take into consideration or factor in our individual ability or energy required to burn food, it was just like, yeah, why are we looking at calories? But hold up. Before we dismiss calories entirely, let me explain a little further. Calories do make sense if they measure energy. And weight loss is about creating an energy deficit. So burning more energy than you consume energy should equal weight loss. Calories are one, listen to me, one very crude and frankly, unreliable source of tracking, but it is a factor. It is one source of tracking. It's not the end-all be-all. And to be fair, they're a decent rough starting point. I mean, if you had nothing else to look at, you could look at calories and maybe get an idea, generally speaking, of how much energy is going in. Would it be individualized? No. And that is because at this stage, what we know about each person's individual gut biome is really very little. And that has a tremendous impact on how each one of us burns calories. Therefore, not all calories are burned equally. Here's the other big problem with calories and how this also relates to the message that we've been told, which is exercise more. Okay, so let's say that you were eating about 2,000 calories a day, just so we're starting with a nice round number. And then you decide to go on a diet and you decide to cut back your calories, say, by 500 calories. So now you're eating about 1,500 calories per day. After a period of time, which is different for everybody, your metabolism eventually does its job. And its job is to create normalcy, homeostasis, if you will. Your body 
recognizes that you're only getting about 1500 calories per day, your body says, oh, we can cut back on the amount of calories we're burning each day, the amount of energy that we're burning through so that we can create some homeostasis. So while you're restricting calories on this diet, as is the case with most diets, except the 131, you will likely lose weight. Well, at least at first, at least initially, at least you will lose weight if your hormones are pretty balanced. And this initial weight loss occurs because, well, during the early onset of your restriction, your body doesn't yet sense that you're getting, you know, 1500 versus 2000 calories. At first, it doesn't realize that. So it just continues to burn its normal amount and you create this deficit. And that deficit creates the weight loss. Okay, but here's where things get tricky. Now that you've created this deficit, your metabolism begins to adjust for you, right? So your metabolism's like, oh, we don't need to burn all these calories. We're going to burn fewer calories. Your daily energy burn changes because your body is so smart. Your body thinks, well, there's no reason to keep burning so many calories when we're not getting that many calories. Your body begins to slow down. Now, this can happen even in some situations where you haven't even lost any weight. <laughs> That's really frustrating. You're cutting calories, you're exercising more, your weight is staying the same, you're starving to death, and your metabolism is slowing. There's no way around it. That sometimes happens. You finally get super frustrated. You go back to your old ways. You're like, forget it. You kick the scale off to the side. This stupid diet isn't working for me. You go back to your old ways. And now what happens? Yeah, you gain weight and you understand why. But for those who do lose weight when you go on a restricted calorie diet, here's another thing you need to take into consideration. That weight loss is obviously a combination of a lot of things. It's water, it's fat, and it's muscle loss. Anytime you lose weight, with rare exception, I mean, sometimes it happens, but almost anytime you're losing weight, you're losing those three things, fat, muscle, and water. When you lose weight, there's less of you. Think about it. You come in a smaller package. It doesn't take as much gas to move the vehicle, right? Because the vehicle is smaller now. Even losing as little as five pounds could mean that your metabolism will adjust and you just don't need as many calories to maintain that body because you're five pounds smaller. There's five pounds less of you. That's just a fact. There's no way around that. I need that to sit with you for a minute, okay? Because as you lose weight, as everyone loses weight, as you become a smaller human, you don't get to go back to the number of calories that it required to keep the big human moving. Does that make sense? In other words, as you lose weight, you will have a lower calorie requirement. So if you go back to your old ways of eating the way you did when you were a bigger version of yourself, you're going to go back to being a bigger version of yourself. I wanted to let you know some really exciting news. My new book, The One Through One Method, which I've been working on for three years, is now available for pre-order. You can find it at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon.com. And of course, you can go into your local mom and pop bookstore and ask them to order it for you. When you do place your pre-order for the book, I want to reward you and help you get started immediately with your mindset. All you do is go to 131book, write that down, 131book.com. You'll enter your email address and your order number, and immediately, like that minute, I will send you 
this free mindset coaching program that I've created as a bonus, as my thank you to you for pre-ordering the book, for supporting me, for being with me along this very, very important, very personal journey. I am so committed to helping you get healthy from the inside out, improving your gut health, and creating a customized approach that works without the fads, without the gimmicks, something that you can do for the rest of your life and change the legacy of health in your family. But you know what? It starts with mindset. So please take advantage of this free bonus. It's a $97 value and it's yours by going to 131book.com for more details. All right, enjoy the show, but don't forget 131book.com. And I think too often people think, oh, I went off my diet. Gosh, now I'm 25 pounds thinner. I should be able to go back to eating the way I once did. But that just doesn't make sense. You had 25 more pounds to support. Your metabolism had a greater requirement. And we have to accept that. As you become a smaller person, it takes less energy to support your body because you now have a smaller body. And therefore, that means you don't need to consume as much energy. Now, notice I did not say calories. Although it's difficult to get around, we're really talking about energy in versus energy out. Now, I don't want to oversimplify this process. I think that's part of the reason why we've ended up with this big stereotypical myth around calories. I don't want to oversimplify it. I mean, calories do matter to some extent. I mean, calories are energy. But the truth is our hormones matter more. And it's the nature of the food that we're eating that has far more of an effect on whether or not we gain weight, lose weight, or store food that we eat as body fat. As it turns out, the underlying key to weight is hormone imbalance or hormone balance. Insulin is a fat-storing hormone. When we eat, especially food that's low in fat and high in carbohydrates, like, say, a piece of fruit, or even something that's considered highly processed carbohydrates, our insulin level increases, and that signals our body to store food as fat. Insulin spikes in order to counteract the glucose in our bloodstream. Think of insulin as insulin, like it lets things in. It unlocks the door, so to speak, to allow glucose into the cell where it needs to go. So when you eat foods that are higher in carbohydrates, higher in sugar, even healthy sugars, and you've done so for so many years, like many of us have, your glucose levels remain elevated. So too, therefore, does your insulin levels. The lock then almost becomes broken, if you will, and the body becomes resistant to insulin. And this insulin resistance is what's been shown to lead to obesity, weight gain, type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and more. You see, it's less about the calories and more about the energy differential, the energy differential created between what we eat and what we burn. And this is greatly influenced by our food and how that impacts our hormones. Is this starting to come together? I want you to look at everything that you eat in terms of not calories, but how is this going to affect my energy? How will my body tolerate this food? And you can learn very easily how your body responds to certain foods by selecting foods that have a positive impact, by paying attention, by making notes and how you feel. Remember, if you're going to remove something from your diet, like just to test it, to see if maybe that's a culprit, 
It doesn't mean necessarily that you'll have to remove it forever. This process was designed to teach you how to figure out what's going on between your body and certain foods, like what's going on with this relationship. So what about exercise? Exercise is energy out. Exercise, as you know, is the thing that I use to help me regulate my mood, to feel productive, to feel energetic, to feel alive, to feel like I'm honoring my health every day. It's something that I do because I love it and I love the way it makes me feel. But without question, there's been times in my past when I took exercise to the extreme. And by extreme, I mean using it to try to lose weight, exercising for hours and hours and hours on end simply because I believed that whole energy in versus energy out. I did not want to go on a diet. I couldn't imagine eating fewer calories. So the approach I adopted was to exercise and exercise and exercise and exercise more and then add intensity and then add more minutes to each workout. And before long, I was experiencing all of the symptoms of overexercising. I felt fatigued and tired. My body was always sore, always aching. I didn't look forward to my workouts. Not only did I stop making physical progress, my progress started to regress, which of course in my mind meant I must be doing something wrong. I need to work out harder and longer. And this never-ending hamster wheel robbed me of the joy that I now experience from exercise. It also left me with adrenal fatigue weight gain, sleep deprivation, my body fat increase, and my hormones were out of control. I just didn't feel like myself. I had exercised myself to the point that my energy reserves were on empty. And I felt it. I couldn't help but wonder if there was something physically wrong with me. Or maybe these were the early signs of perimenopause. So I went to see several integrative medical professionals and learned about all the negative effects that overexercising had created in my hormones. And here's what you'll need to understand. Training in moderation is undoubtedly a positive thing, and it's going to have a positive effect on your hormonal health, your mental well-being, your sleep, your patience, and all of the amazing things that benefit your health. But there's a point at which the returns are diminishing. And by that, I mean, there is definitely such thing as too much exercise or exercise that's too intense, exercise that doesn't allow you proper rest. And when you exercise without giving your body the proper rest it needs, which, by the way, is very different from the proper rest that someone else needs, it affects your adrenal system. And many people suffer from something known as adrenal fatigue, overtraining causing adrenal insufficiency. And your adrenal glands are what become depleted because they stop producing enough of that crucial stress hormone, including cortisol and other types of adrenaline. And then what do we do? Well, we turn to alternative sources of adrenaline, like coffee and caffeine and energy drinks. And in doing so, our adrenal system says, hey, we don't need to produce this stuff. She's drinking it for us creating even less efficiency in the adrenal system. So how do you know if you're experiencing adrenal fatigue? Well, at the moment, there are a few hormone tests which are pretty reputable, but there's still some controversy over their conclusiveness. What I'd like for you to know are some of the symptoms. They are fatigue, loss of appetite, increased appetite, difficulty sleeping, difficulty recovering from your workouts, 
low energy, lack of libido, hair loss, insomnia, lack of motivation, irritability, anxiety, and depression. All of these are signs of both overtraining and or adrenal fatigue. So how much exercise is too much exercise? Because obviously you want to avoid things like adrenal fatigue or excessive oxidative stress. Well, let me state very clearly that I think it's in your best interest to exercise every day. Yeah, I just said every day. But I define exercise and training very differently. Exercise is what we do to use our body. It's what we do to keep it pliable and flexible. It's what we do to regulate our mood and our hormones. It's what we do to honor our health. Exercise can be something as gentle as 20 minutes worth of stretching or maybe a walking meditation, a four-minute low-impact Tabata, Tai Chi, or it might be you doing a cycling workout, but doing something every day that makes you a little healthier. The difference between exercise and training is intent. The difference between training and overtraining, many experts believe, boils down to intensity and duration. Contrary to what researchers first thought, we now know that oxidative stress is beneficial in small amounts. In fact, it's not just beneficial, it's essential. New research has shown that oxidative stress actually prompts our cells to become stronger, younger, as they increase our body's antioxidants. And pretty much all forms of exercise create some type of oxidative stress. And this is probably one of the reasons it makes you healthier. Your body is slightly weakened and then it recovers and it becomes more resistant to more oxidative stress. In other words, it becomes stronger in preparation for your next workout. But your body does have a limited capacity to increase its antioxidants to control free radicals. Some researchers believe that long, intense exercise like endurance running, endurance cycling, endurance workouts, in other words, steady state, long cardio sessions, may cause more oxidative stress than most humans can handle, which is why you'll never see this girl running a marathon. And you probably, much like me, have met people who you just feel like they were meant to do this. They can run for hours or cycle for hours. Those long endurance workouts, they just seem meant for them. Nonetheless, there's a preponderance of evidence now to suggest that even those superbly trained individuals have a limit on the amount of oxidative stress their bodies can handle. As I've stated, almost all types of exercise create oxidative stress, with the exception of workouts that are considered restorative. Restorative workouts would include Pilates, yoga, payo, stretching, walking meditations, power walking, tai chi, light strength training, even some indoor cycling. Most all other forms of exercise might be considered oxidative, which isn't to say that they're bad or should be avoided, only that you should consider them in moderation. Now, let me speak to my cardio junkies. I, probably very much like you, believed that the only way to burn a ton of calories and to lose weight was to do something for a long period of time, like running 
or cycling or turbo, whatever the workout that was cardio, that was the one I was going to do for the longest period of time. But now research tends to indicate that this is the most extreme or excessive type of exercise when it comes to oxidative stress. Again, does this mean that you should avoid spending any time in the treadmill or skip the 60-minute swim you had scheduled for later this week? Absolutely not. Even long-endurance cardio exercise is a benefit to your body, as long as it's in moderation. And the way to make sure this happens is by listening to your body and making certain that you have adequate rest, that you're cycling or phasing the types of workouts that you're doing. You gotta cross-train, and part of that cross-training means some of your workouts need to be restorative. Give your body a chance to heal, your hormones a chance to reset, your adrenals a moment to catch up. In summary, exercise is an important part of the energy out equation. And even more important than that, you need it for your mental well-being. I want you to exercise every day. The misinformation and misconceptions that we've held on to for so long that the answer to weight loss was to simply exercise more, exercise harder, and eat less have simply failed us. And it's time to try a new approach, an approach based in science. And remember, when it comes to creating those ratios of macronutrients, your fats, carbohydrates, and proteins... There isn't one percentage that makes sense to prescribe to everyone. Each one of us are different. I hope you found that incredibly useful. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about the online program, 131 Method, simply go to 131method.com. A new group starts every single Monday. It's a great place for support. It's the place to be if if that's what you're looking for. You're looking for more support. You're looking for specific answers to your questions. You want the support of our registered dietitians, our forums. You are looking for specialty information. Maybe you're a breastfeeding mom or you have gluten sensitivities or you're vegan. Whatever the case may be, we have modified meal plans for everyone And as you know, the 131 method is not a diet. It's really about creating a personalized approach to your own health to get healthy from the inside out because it shouldn't be this hard to look and feel freaking amazing. The book comes out April 16th. For those of you who have pre-ordered, make sure you go to 131book.com and you let me know that you've pre-ordered so that I can send you my free gift. My gift to you is a $97 value. It is the Mindset Audio Coaching Program, and the only way I know to send it to you is if you go to 131book.com and tell me that you've ordered the book. All the details are there. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you. I love you, and you're in for a special treat on Friday, because back by popular demand, my husband, Brett Johnson. Yep, he'll be here on Friday for Car Smart Friday. Until then, I love you, I mean it, and I'll talk to you soon. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.